So to me, um, DMB on Demand, it's a way to just bond over the amazingness of the Dave Matthews Band. Welcome, friends. I invite you to take some time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast brought to you by your fellow DMB family. Welcome to the best of what's around. Welcome to DMB On Demand. Before we jump into our interview, I want to take some time to share some news about DMB On Demand. First of all, we hit a bucket list item, um, checked it off this week, and that item was to be published on Apple Podcast. I am proud to announce that we are now live on every major platform out there, from Stitcher to Google to Apple to SoundCloud, everything. So you just go to whatever place you listen to your podcasts, type in DMV On Demand in the search, and boom, we pop right up. Um, we're going to make some changes because of this. The first one is we're going to commit to weekly episodes. So every Monday at 3 p.m., I'll publish a new episode that'll have news and a story and also an interview with one of our DMB family guests. So we'll have some consistency in our content. Uh, there's going to be some new designs coming up in the shop uh, towards the end of the week. And hey, listen, we know that money is tight right now because of the coronavirus. We get it. So we went through the store and dropped prices on every single item significantly to sort of help anybody who's looking to buy some merch for hopefully the 2020 tour, uh, but not have it hit your pocketbook as hard. So give us a, a look at dmbondemand.com and check out our new prices. That being said, I'm excited to jump into this interview, so let's get going. somebody that's near and dear to my heart and she is the second person from Dave's global PR team to be on the show we interviewed Haley a couple episodes back she was also one of the members of that group and it's just a group of ladies who are I don't even have words they're they're amazing the the support the communication is far above and beyond what you would expect uh, from people, especially people um, that you know online or through a band. Uh, the connection is very real, the connection is very deep. Uh, I'm just so honored to be a part of, of their life, to whatever small degree I'm, I'm able to be. Um, anyway, her name on Twitter is Shellabella. Uh, her name is Michelle, and here in a second we'll, we'll get to know a little bit more about her, but I wanted to say before we do a podcast episode, I send a questionnaire out to the, the guest that's coming on. 
And essentially it just has them touch on the answers to the questions that will be asked inside of the episode. Now most often the listener is unaware of this. We don't discuss the inner workings or behind the scenes stuff, but in this case, I sort of had to to get some context. Um, as I was reading Michelle's answers, I started to realize that we had far more in common than I had ever imagined. And in this situation, it kind of came from one of her answers where she talked about this obscure element of religion coming out in the music. And I have the same thing. Myself, I'm a lapsed Catholic. I used to be a practicing Catholic daily mass, not weekly, daily mass. And it was a big part of my life. And for whatever reason, it just isn't now. But that history of my religion that's built into my heart and into my actions, it finds its place inside some of the notes of the Dave Matthews Band songs. Um, and I never even thought to talk about it before because I thought nobody else would understand this. Um, and it seems like both Michelle and I, at times, have our fair share of existential turmoil um, because of this. And the music speaks to that. And that can be a confusing thing, but it can also be a healing thing. And to know somebody else out there deals with that same thread in the music is extremely comforting. And, you know, that's the whole point of this podcast is to find the commonality that we have inside of this music. And if we can find that commonality and we can see it, then maybe we can use it to be better to one another. So I'm really thankful to have Michelle on today uh, for that reason and for many others. So we're just going to jump right into this interview and start by introducing Michelle and letting you tell her, tell us a little bit about your life. Michelle, if you can give us your name, location, and your profession, please. Hi, Andrew. Very happy to be here with you. Uh, my name is Michelle. I live in a little town in Central California. It's called Ripon. Um, up until this whole COVID-19 thing, I was a uh, licensed daycare provider. I had a house full of babies and toddlers, you know, all day long. And then when this whole virus hit, um, I had to make a choice to close my daycare. Um, one of my, I have three daughters, they're 12, 14, and 15. And um, my 15 year old has an auto inflammatory disease. and is on a medication that basically suppresses her immune system completely. So, you know, having people in and out of my house was, you know, not a thing I could do. Um, so as of right now, not working. Uh, it's kind of weird. Kind of in that in-between time, you know, where I don't know what I'm going to do when this whole thing blows over. Um, so still trying to figure that out. Um, I've been married to a wonderful man named Joel for 18 years. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. 
Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, the people we've had on the, the podcast in the last month and to hear how this coronavirus has impacted them personally. And it's amazing to think of all the people in this country and each one of them has their own story about some of the, the things they're going through. Um, I shared with Michelle a little bit about mine. Me and my wife, we travel for work and so we're away from, from home, from family. And, you know, homesickness is okay when you're able to go out and like go to Universal Studios or go to Disney or go bowling or whatever. Um, but now when we have our homesick days, just sitting there and doing nothing but thinking, uh, it takes some creativity to keep ourselves out of some, some real depression because of it. But yeah, it's, it's been amazing to hear how, how this virus has affected people in one way or another. So uh, Michelle, tell us a little bit, um, you know, let's, let's take it from the context of outside of the coronavirus, because right now all of our hobbies and interests are, are pretty limited. So um, before the coronavirus and hopefully when it's passed, what are your hobbies? What do you, what do you like doing outside of work? Well, aside from music, obviously, I mean, you know, just hearing all that I can and, you know, not just Dave Matthews Band, although that's, you know, I'd say 95% of what I listen to, um, finding the obscure songs from different bands, different things like that. I, I love to do that. Um, you know, I was so busy working all the time, an actual hobby, <laughs> um, didn't really have one. I mean, I enjoy hanging out with friends. I love good wine. Um, it was pretty much work and family um, is, you know, really all I all I did. I I really was so busy. I mean, 12-hour days, and you know, with you know, a lot of people they go to work and they come home and they can leave their work at work and then they you know when you run a home daycare and when you're licensed it's a little different you really have to keep up on stuff because you know and it's for the safety of the kids that you you know are in your care but your house pretty much has to be perfect at all times because they they show up and they they do spot checks on you to make sure that kids are safe and your home is clean and you know there's there's so many rules with licensing and so kind of that took up my time but really honestly on the weekends I didn't have time for other stuff I mean I'd make time for friends and things like that but um, as far as yeah hobbies and things I honestly I, I hope now just all this time that I've had to just sit in our our house over the last several weeks and stuff like that it didn't actually make me realize like yeah, I should be doing something else you know life doesn't have to just be work so I'm, I'm working on that I'm thinking about it I definitely want to include more things more things that are joyful you know um, in life so that's that's where I'm at perfect yeah I, I uh, I've always thought that home daycare workers must have the patience of a saint to be around <laughs> that many kids for that long but I, not until you just shared your, your personal story there that I realized that when you're doing that, you're literally opening up your home 
to a lot of people, the kids, their parents. And so I'll bet you it's a, it's a job to make sure that your home still feels like your nest with all of those people in it. Uh, and at the end of the day, you're still there with your family and there's still a sense of this is our private home. And I never thought about how taxing that might be um, to have the sanctity of your home exposed or open like that. Um, so my respect exponentially grew there. Like that's 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 an amazing thing. Um, all right, so let's let's steer into the music a little bit. If you can tell me uh, about how long you became a fan, and then maybe dig into whether it was a song you heard or or a show you saw or whatever it is that that really solidified like okay i am in this community i am a part of it i love it um just how you really became that next level fan um so if you if you have any stories related to that please share Okay, so, I mean, obviously I've been a fan since high school. Um, I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, so, you know, crashed into me, of course, you know, that's a big one. But, you know, and I was just a, a fan, I wasn't how I am now. Um, what really got me hooked, though, um, I had already had all three of my kids. We were living up in Northern California at the time. Um, it was 2010, and... I caught the um, live at Radio City um, with Dave and Tim, and I DVR'd it. And if you look on my Twitter, it's a pinned tweet. There's a picture of my, who's, she's 12 now. She was around three at the time. She's in her little princess dress, and I caught a picture of her watching that because, if I'm being honest, I probably watched it a hundred times, if not more. It was, that is, that is what, got me hooked and the first song that started playing and it took a little while to get into it was bartender and listening to that song and how it builds and then just watching those two together because the chemistry between Dave and Tim is absolutely incredible um, watching that I I couldn't look away like you know I, I started it and I was playing it and I'm like okay I'm gonna get my housework done and I got some dishes to do I did nothing I sat on the couch and did not move and could not move and I wanted to watch the entire thing um, so I guess you know I, I think that one is what from 2007 I want to say so it was a few years after it but it, you know I actually saw it for the first time but as I'm watching it you know bartender got me hooked and then as I'm watching it, Lie in Our Graves started. And, you know, watching, there's a, there's a time, and I don't know exactly how far into the song, um, where Tim goes off on the guitar. And it goes on for several minutes. I mean, the dude is a master anyway, right? So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm watching him, and he is going off. And I don't have a lot of you know, good memories about my dad. He died um, when I was pregnant with my first daughter and she's 15 now. Um, he died in 2003, but he was a musician. He played the guitar, he played the harmonica. Um, I can remember being a little kid and he had a band 
I mean, I was little. I probably came up to his knee. Um, I can remember being up on stage with him. He'd hand me the tambourine, and I'd play my little heart out, you know, with their band and stuff. And he was big into the, you know, 70s rock and roll. So I'd be up there, and, and the song by the Beatles, Michelle My Bell. Of course, my name is Michelle, so they always played that for me when I was up there with my tambourine. Um, I looked at Tim playing Lion Our Graves and when he's going off on the guitar and I'm looking at his hands and I'm like, dude, that's that's my dad's hands right there. Like it was it was uncanny. It was the strangest thing because I don't you know, we there I did not have a, a great relationship with him. Um he wasn't very present after my parents divorced. Um so I don't have a lot of stories with him. I don't have a lot of memories. Um but when I saw Tim playing I'm like how are the mannerisms that like my father? Like it, it was, it was the weirdest thing. And so I rewound it several times just to watch it again because I'm watching Tim play and I'm thinking, dang, that, you know, that's that's insane right now. And his hands, if you cut off, like looking at Tim playing in that song on that specific um, show from like chest down, I would swear it was him. I would swear it was my dad. So that show you know just the, the intro into like bartender and then once Lionel Graves you know started and Ehe on that one is like crazy I it, it, that got me hooked and ever since then it's been all DMV for me period that's great that's great um, alright so the next question uh, is on the surface, but most people that come on find it to be the most difficult question. Um, and we see this on Twitter all the time. People put up polls as to what their favorite song is and ask other people what their favorite song is. And inevitably, there's one that's not on the list or somebody can't pick just one. Uh, I totally get it. So instead of just asking for your favorite DMB song and why, I'm going to leave it open. If you want to share a couple of your favorite songs, that's fine. Um, but pick one that, that means the most to kind of expand on, on why it's your favorite. So, yeah, I guess there's two that pop up for me. Um, Dreaming Tree is probably my favorite of all time. Uh, the longer, the better. Um, 15 to 20 minute Dreaming Tree is like the best thing ever. Um, you know that that song every time I hear it I I don't know that I learn something new but I hear something different each time and I I literally cannot figure out what that song means to me but it just gets my attention every time if, if I have you know the songs playing in my house I I listen to music all day long and just have it you know in the background um, that song always catches my attention I would say though my most, my favorite song, the one that makes me think the most, the one that makes me feel the most is Ehe. And I don't hear many people say that that's their favorite. I mean, I've, I've looked at so many polls on social media and, you know, a lot of people have their different songs for different reasons why they love them. Um, that one, I, 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 I don't know. It's like it, the way that it starts off slow and he's kind of mumbly like he does, which is always amazing. And then that beat comes in, 
and it gets me every time. I mean, if I'm in my car and that song comes on um, on my playlist, it goes up. I mean, it, it's loud. Um, when he starts singing, I mean, it's it's an incredibly powerful song to me. The, 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 the beat, everything about it is amazing. But the lyrics, um, I have always, always struggled with religion. I cannot make heads or tails of it. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm one of those, it's not that it's indifferent to me, it's just, what, what is it? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like this song, it's, it's almost like, it feels like a struggle in the song, you know? Um, are we relevant? Are we not? Do we think we're just these amazing beings when really we're so, you know, not? I, it, I don't know, it's a very interesting song, makes me think about my place in the universe. Am I significant? Am I not? Um, is religion, you know, this just, God is just this one thing? Or is it different for everybody and that's okay? Is it not okay? This song just brings out all these, you know, feelings for me. And, and I'm okay being, you know, uncertain about religion like I've made peace with that I don't feel like I need to conform to that just you know I that song it makes me think I love songs that make me think and I I I love that song that's all I can say about it yeah to me the the song has always been kind of primal um tribal and primal both and like you said, when he comes in the beginning with the noises, it's very, very primal. And I, it's, it's like, just like you said, it's hard to pinpoint that song, um, but it's, it's definitely amazing. And um, like I shared earlier, I also have a little bit of that existential crisis going on. And, you know, I, I flip back and forth between, okay, if religion is intact in one way or another, then there are a whole bunch of questions that I need answered by whoever's in charge because there's too much that doesn't make sense and I don't like it. Um, then I flip to the other side and it's, okay, there, there's no religion, nothing to worry about, but this is it. This is all we got. And when we're done, we go to the dirt and that's it. And either one of those things can feel massively overwhelming if you sit and let those thoughts kind of marinate and grow a life of their own. So I'm completely with you on being conflicted when it comes to religion and not not knowing or not even know if I want to know the reality of it. Uh, maybe I just want to be an ostrich with my head in the sand. And if so, just, you know, don't slap my butt. That's all I'm asking. Let me do my thing. Um, so anyway... Uh, we're going to move past the song. We're going to go to uh, lyrics. Uh, everybody has some of their favorite lyrics. Mine come from number 41, number 27. Uh, my favorite lyric, by the way, is a very short one from number 41. And it's just simply, I will bring water. I don't know why, but every time I hear I will bring water, it makes me want to be good to the person around me. Even if it's just a small, tiny little act of love, 
like bringing water to somebody who's thirsty. So few words mean so much to me. So with that being said, maybe share your favorite lyric and expand on why that is your favorite lyric. So my favorite DMB lyric is from the song Drunken Soldier. Um, make the most of what you've got. Don't waste time trying to be something you're not. Um, I think people in general, a lot of times, um, conform to what society says they should, you know, be or do. Um, think back to being in school. You know, you try to fit into a group, a popular group, or just a group in general, or you know, think back to you're getting ready to go to college, you know, your parents want you to be successful, so be a doctor, be a lawyer, you know, whatever. Um, I think my biggest thing with this lyric is be who you want to be, be your best self, you know, it, it doesn't, you don't have to be what society tells you you need to be. Um, fitting in is not, I, I think being different is and I try to teach my kids this, you know, you're, you're unique. That's a good thing. You don't have to be like everybody else. Um, and you know, don't, don't waste your time trying to be somebody else either. You're, that's, that's precious time. You know, life is short. You never know when, when that's going to be up. So, you know, just make, make life the best that it can possibly be. And, you know, be yourself, be true to yourself, be, be genuine to yourself. Okay, so the next question is kind of a, a tricky one because it, it touches into your heart a little bit. You know, there's, you know, millions of fans around the world, but then only a subset of those fans are diehard fans and only a subset of the diehard fans are part of the DMB family and only a subset of the DMB family live the music each and every day and one's not better than the other but most of the people that I bring on to the podcast are part of that really small subset where uh, the music is part of their daily life and they try to live the message of the music and it takes on a life of its own and there's a community in that uh, and the community ranges depending on who you are it could be four or five people it could be 20 people um, it could be part of the greater DMB family with thousands but something brought us in to this community that had a step beyond just hey this is nice music to you know this is shaping our life a little bit and I'm just kind of wondering what your story is and how you came in to this subset of the DMV community and how it became a big part of how you live. So I guess as far as social media goes, you know, I started trying to, when I realized that I was going to get to the, the gorge for my first time this year. I remember last year watching, you know, looking on social media and I'm seeing all the pictures when everybody went. And I wasn't able to go last year. 
And I said, you know what? Bucket list item. I'm going. I'm going to make it in 2020. I'm going to get there. And so that is what initially kind of started. I started researching, you know, because there's there are people who have went for so many years in a row and they got all this plethora of you know, cool information about it and what the best way to do it is and you know there's all these options for things for the gorge so you know I started off on Facebook and then moved over to Twitter and learned so much and so that's kind of how it started was just research to make my gorge experience my first gorge experience the best that it could possibly be and then as I was researching and just reading and all this stuff, I'm like, dang, these these people are great. Like they're, they're, they're just genuinely nice and they're helpful. And I'm like, where have these people been all my life type of a thing. So I just started kind of forming these kind of friendships and stuff. And Twitter was the real place where you know, I, I, and I don't know how it happened. It was just very, it just sort of just forced on its own. I've met the greatest people. I've met people within the DMV family and the community that I will know for the rest of my life. Um, you know, it's one thing to be friends in person, people in your own town, and you hang out with them and they're your friends, and those people are great. You know, they're, they're like family to me too. When you have a bond over something else for example music and it's just this deeper connection especially if people feel music also on a deep level like you do you know it's like these you couldn't imagine your life without them once once they're they're in your life um one specifically you just you know interviewed her um Haley in Australia like that girl is amazing and we talk all the time and you know yeah she's all the way across the world but we got close and you know aside from just the music I think what happens is you you develop these bonds with people over the music you you share this love and then it sort of turns into other things you know your friendship morphs into okay well we also have this in common it's not just the music but the music is what started it and so it's like the, the grounding piece of of those relationships so you know getting to the gorge for my very first time is what brought me to the community and, and learning about it and the amazingness of the, the people is what kept me there I really hope that you're able to get to the gorge this year and that they don't postpone or, or cancel the show because of the coronavirus I'll be honest all the time I've been a fan, my first show wasn't until last year at the Gorge. And I wouldn't, if I could go back, I wouldn't do it any other way. I would I would have waited all that time just to get to the Gorge for my first show and have a complete, like you said, a bucket list item. Um, it is an experience like nothing else. And it would have been that way even if I wasn't a fan of the band. The energy and the chemistry and the magic that, that goes on there, not just with the band, but between the people at the concert, you're with one big extended family. And, you know, it, I've been to a lot of shows where there's a lot of, you know, people are just drunk and trashed and it's, it's 
horrible in the lawn. Now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of people drunk and trashed at, at the gourd, <laughs> but it's not um, obnoxious. It's Everybody's just laid back and into the music and into the moment. I really, really hope that that you get to go and if you do then i'd love to have you back on even if it's just a little um catch-up episode and hear all about your experience there um so dm beyond demand has kind of morphed throughout the last decade you know we had a website before youtube was really popular where we had you know thousands of dmb videos, clips, songs from live shows, that came and went. Um, we started the DMB Couch Tour under DMB On Demand that's now grown to its own platform. By the way, follow them, DMB Couch Tour. Before the tour starts, you'll love it. You're, you're right there at the show. They use Periscope videos, pictures, posters, pictures from the people at the show. It, it puts you right in there that night. Um, but we started that hashtag underneath DMB on demand, and and then we kind of faltered a little bit and fell by the wayside and let things go idle, and and so then we booted back up and started a Facebook group, started Twitter, started the song of the day a couple months ago, then using those images and at the suggestion of all the followers, set up a shop where we have these designs, and then starting this podcast to kind of put a light on on what we all have in common uh, even the obscure things uh, there's a few people out there that like today with michelle i learned that one of the more hard to explain and obscure parts of my love of the band she shares and and that's what we want to do um and now we're kind of at a, a place where it's growing in different directions and it's, it's kind of hard to tell what we're going to be, you know, a month from now, three months from now. So I like to, to ask everybody that comes on the program a question that kind of helps us hint and guide in the right direction um, where we should be growing. So in your opinion, um, what is DMB On Demand and what would you like to see it become? So to me, um, DMB On Demand, it's a way to just bond over the amazingness of the Dave Matthews Band, over the music, over the lyrics. Um, my favorite thing that you do, you know, on Twitter is we dive into lyrics, we discuss them. What I love is that a song can mean one thing to one person and a completely different thing to someone else and when that happens and you have your point of view on you know this is what the song means to me well this is what this song means to me over here and you're like wow like i hadn't thought of it like that before and so then you hear the song you you've always listened you know you've heard the song 500 times somebody tells you well this is what it means to me this is what I get from from the song this is what I feel and you're like hearing it for the first time again because you're hearing it from a different point of view and and I don't know if you know I've, I've thought about this if Dave writes songs I'm sure with specific meanings in his 
brain and his heart and when he's you know coming up with these but it's just, it's just different for for every person from person to person a song has different meaning a song can be um, a memory of a, a, a good time for someone it could be you think of something bad with it or it's just so different and so it almost just expands the songs to infinity because you don't you know there's just there's always it's always different and you know I just that's what I love about DMB on demand is that we're talking about songs we're not just saying oh I love this one because I can dance to it we're thinking okay we're taking it line by line and we're like well this is powerful to me because or you know this makes me feel this type of way because so I think that's really awesome um as far as what it you know might evolve into or what I think it should I mean I think it's it's pretty great already I will say your merch store gotten you know t-shirt stickers love the stuff that you that you have um the more interviews I think that you do the more we get to know people the the interview process the questions or um you know what you guys talk about and stuff might evolve into different things I think it might be cool um eventually you know right now it's you're you're interviewing fans could it be artists at some point you know I think that it's gonna there's gonna be an interest there there has to be it's, it's awesome what you do so you know I don't have a whole lot of ideas on what it could evolve into but what what it, what it is right now it's one of my favorite things oh well, thank you um yeah we're actually I'm working with Haley uh, to kind of help evolve the the podcast and the process I quickly learned that I'm going to want guests to come on more than once, that we're just scratching the surface with a lot of these questions. And so uh, we're working together to kind of put together a round two set of questions where we can have guests back and, and dig a little bit deeper and let the fans hear more about their stories so that they know that there's people out there that can relate to whatever it is they're going through. So that's actually in the works right now. I know we're still young in the podcast, but we're already thinking, you know, months, years ahead, of what we can do to keep it to grow. And, and you're right about wanting to have artists on. Um, I want to get the perspective from both sides, to be totally honest. I want to dig deep into what the music has done for the lives of people. But then I would also like to sit down and let the artists know what it means to us and then ask them how we've affected their life you know through being there throughout this whole time so definitely definitely good ideas and uh, things that we're are slowly growing into um, so if you could choose one song and i know this is kind of repetitious with one song one song one song but if you could pick one song that everybody on the planet earth would listen to all at once, what would that song be and why would you want them to hear that specific song? So it is going to be the same as where my favorite lyric comes from, um, Drunken Soldier. That song, it, it was not a favorite of mine, you know, back, you know, 
back a ways away. I heard a live version of it, and I, I don't remember which one it was. And I when I actually sat and listened to the song, and I really felt the words, that, it, it's just one of the most uplifting songs, and it just makes you think. And it's like one of the best reminders to us to just make the best of your life. You, you just get one. So, you know, do the best that you can to just make it a good one. You know, be kind to people. Be a bright light for someone who is struggling. You know, you never, ever know what somebody is going through. Um, and it, it's just, I just think it's a song of just, just, it's just that song that reminds you to just make life great try it you know things happen of course life is hard there's so many times when you know you don't you don't know what you're gonna do or you don't know what's gonna happen everything is up in the air right now for everybody um with this whole virus thing but make the best of it you know i mean i i initially when this whole thing started i'm like okay we don't have a huge house you know 14 to 1500 square feet and my husband's working from home and my kids are doing school from home and I'm home and there's all five of us here plus we have an old cat that meows all day and we you know it's like it's it's crazy to be but try to find the good you know I'm, I'm getting to spend time with my family that's that's awesome I need to be thankful that my husband has his job still he's able to work from home um, there's always something good and so remember those things and just just be nice I mean, it's not it's not hard to be nice it's just be that light for someone yeah that song drunken soldier um you know there's some music that creeps up on you and subtly makes its way into your mind and your heart and then there's some songs that come and grab you by your shoulders and shake you and say, hey, listen, now. And the horns on that song do exactly that for me. That song with the horns and the intricacies, it grabs me by the shoulders and shakes me and makes me listen to the content of the song to follow. Um, it's truly is an amazing one. That's a, that's a great choice. Um, would be definitely one for everybody to hear. Um, so I want you to think back on a uh, particularly, I don't know what the word is, not negative, but maybe a trying time in your life. Um, one that, that, you know, maybe wasn't so pleasant, but in that time, either a Dave Matthews Band song helped you or impacted you, or it could be that there's just a song now that, that gives context to that moment in your life. But regardless of the, the situation, share a little bit about one of the darker moments and how a song shaped it or spoke to it. So, um, we've been pretty lucky um, with our family and health-wise. Uh, now, you know, I realized maybe I was taking that for granted a little bit. Um, in October of 2018, my daughter, who's 15 now, um, she got sick. 
we initially thought it was the flu. Um, you know, she, she had a temperature, different things. Um, that was over a weekend. When Monday came around and I had a house full of, you know, babies and toddlers because I'm working and she's home from school and I just, I hear this scream come from her bedroom and I go in and she can't move. Um, even moving her hand up off the bed was excruciating and you know of course I got scared I'm like okay this is not a flu or you know whatever um I, I didn't know so I called her doctor and I said listen she's she's really sick and this is what's going on and she can't even move her joints at all they said you need to get her to the ER and so I had to call all of my daycare parents they're all awesome they all came within 20 minutes, picked up their kids, and I took her to the doctor, rushed her to the ER. Um, she had been so sick that, you know, they couldn't even get her blood because she was dehydrated. I mean, it was a big ordeal. Took hours there. Um, they finally get back with blood results, you know, test results. The inflammation in her body, they didn't know what she had, but the inflammation in her body was off the charts. The, the testing wouldn't even give an exact amount because she went above that. You know, they only test to a certain thousands of, you know, like ferritin is the one that they, the main one that they checked. So they said, we need to, she needs to go to a children's hospital. She needs specialists right now. So they wheeled my, my oldest baby away from me, put her in an ambulance and drove her an hour and a half away. And, you know, I'm losing it at this point, but I'm trying to keep it together because, you know, mama bear comes out when something happens with your kids. So I rushed home, packed a bag real quick, um, and I broke down and I lost it for a second. My husband kind of brought me back to, you know, okay, we just got to get this. You know, he had to stay home because we have two other kids at home. And so I drove an hour and a half to where she was. Um, and... During that time, um, October of 2018, it was a few months after um, Come Tomorrow came out. And so that was all I listened to at that time. I was trying to learn the songs. I wanted to feel, wanted to understand them. Um, so I listened to that all the way there. I got there. Um, they had to, she was in so much pain, they had her on, you know, an around-the-clock thing of morphine and Dilaudid and all these things, awful drugs that, you know, she was, it was miserable for her. She literally could not even turn over in bed. Um, they couldn't diagnose her for a week. They ended up putting her in the intensive care unit. Um, she was there for an entire week. We had specialists coming in that whole time. I mean, she was a mystery. They were throwing around words like oncology and, you know, bone marrow stuff. And, you know, my kid is smart. She literally watches, you know, science stuff online because it's fun to her. And so when she's hearing what they're saying, it's like she's scared because she knows what you know, getting a bone marrow biopsy entails. She understands all of that. So I'm trying to be strong for my kid. And at the same time, you know, I'm scared out of my mind. But during that whole time, 
only thing that took my mind off of what was going on because she slept a lot because she was on you know a lot of medication the only thing that kept my mind off of stuff was that album the come tomorrow album the samurai cop specifically just would have me crying you know you you think about that song and you think about the innocence of being a child and then i'm so so mad that my kids in a sense is kind of being stripped away from her because she's had to grow up really fast and face this super scary thing in her life you know like i said they've all been so healthy and we've been so lucky and this came out of nowhere i mean you know her, when she was in the hospital she would spike fevers of like 104 she had rash on her whole body that would come and go they couldn't figure it out she had a resting heart rate in the 170s um, she had fluid filling her lungs and they couldn't figure out why she had fluid around her heart she had kidney and liver issues I mean it was it was the scariest thing in my life and that album come tomorrow just and it was the only one I had on my phone um, and at the time you know I didn't have like unlimited data on my phone so I kind of just listened to what I had but I'm so thankful for that album because, you know, when my kid was finally asleep and pain-free and I knew she was resting, I could just kick back on the, the chair in the hospital room. Okay, my kid's not crying right now. I can relax for a minute. And that is what I put on every time. And that is what at least took my mind off of the incredibly like impossible situation that I was going through at that time. Um, after that week, they did you know, diagnose, diagnose her. She has something called systemic juvenile idiopathic arthritis. Um, so think about, you know, rheumatoid arthritis for adults, except it's for kids and hers is systemic. So when she gets a flare, it attacks her organs, her, her body attacks itself. She's currently on a medication that completely, it's a biologic, a nurse comes and administers it um, every 28 days and it suppresses her immune system completely because what she has her immune system attacks her body so she cannot have an immune system so that you know brings me back to why I closed my daycare I couldn't risk it you know she gets this and this is such an unknown type of a thing what is gonna what would happen we don't know you know with no immune system how do you fight something so and she already gets lung issues really easily because of what she has so um that is why I had to make that decision but that album that album is the probably the only reason I did not have a nervous breakdown when my kid was potentially you know dying in the hospital and so anytime I hear any song on that album doesn't matter which one my my mind instantly goes back to that time it brings up feelings of being scared feeling helpless watching my husband sob because he cannot help his daughter not feel pain you know, and but it also brought the relief in those quiet times when I'm just with myself and she's okay for the moment and I'm able to just breathe and just just melt away and listen to the music. And so that that album is is super important to me. Wow, that's I can't even imagine. Uh what that whole experience must have felt like. I, uh, I can tell you one thing though, talking about 
through DMB On Demand, we, we hear songs from a different point of view. Uh, today, when we get done, I have some editing to do on a prior podcast, and I guarantee you that the whole CD, Come Tomorrow, is going to be the background, and I'm going to be listening with fresh ears. So, uh, man, what is, geez. All right, so let's let's flip it on its head now. Um, go to the other spectrum. So I want you to think of one of the better moments in your life and how either a DMV song impacted that moment in real time or maybe it just gives context to that moment when looking back. So last summer, um, I was able to get to four shows, four DMB shows. Um, <clears throat> the one that I'm going to talk about right now was in Lake Tahoe um, at Harvey's. So, you know, that it's not, you, you think of venues, you think of the, the vast beauty of, you know, the gorge, you see the pictures or all these different places that everybody's like, oh, the backdrop is just awesome and everything. Harvey's is concrete, literally. There's <laughs> nothing to look at, right? But you're there. It's a beautiful mountain town. We're there to see him. I managed to get in the pit. I This my first show ever where I was in the pit. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be epic. Like, I was stoked. We, we get in there and, you know, you, you're waiting for hours so you can keep your spot. I maybe five to seven people back from the rail. So to me, I mean, everybody everybody wants to be right there in the front. I didn't get that. This was just as good to me, honestly, in the time because I'd never even, I've always been back in the seats. So we're standing there and, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful mountain town. So there's the breeze and you can smell just the mountains. You smell your surroundings and the sun is going down and the people around us, like I, I have a couple of people that I met at that show now, like on my social media and stuff, and we talk and we're planning on meeting again and we've become friends and it's just, that, that's, that's the reason that these shows, you know, not just the music, but the people are just awesome. You make these lifelong, you know, friendships. And so we're there and I'm waiting for them to come out and I think the best part about any show to me aside from the amazing people that I meet um, is what's going to be the opener the just waiting the the anticipation of okay what are they going to open with what are they going to close with what are you know when you're when they when they come walking out they have those smiles and they're waving and and that's amazing and then you're like okay what's going to be the opener and then you're like are they going to draw it out a 10 minute long, you know, something where you don't know what it's going to be, but then you get these little clues and, you know, Carter will do something or, or, you know, Jeff will do something and you hear this one little note and you're like, Oh, that's what that song is going to be. You know, I love trying to figure it out. I love when they, they make it go longer. Sometimes they just get right into it. That's great too. I mean, it's just, Everything, every way that they, they get into a song, especially the opener, it's amazing. It's just, you know, it's just different every time. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, what is going to be the opener? It's going to be great. I can already just feel it, you know, and 
it wouldn't really matter what the opener is. It was going to be great anyway. But, you know, we're sitting there and the sun's going down and the guys walk out and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. We're sitting there and then he goes back and he, you know, he's talking to Carter for a second and, you know, like he does. And we're sitting there and I looked at my husband. I'm like, this is going to be good. I know it's going to be good. And then number 41 starts playing. And that was the opener. And I'm like, whew. I mean, I got tears. I lost my mind. Um, thinking back, I, I don't remember, you know, because everybody kind of has their guesses, you know, this is going to be the opener or that one's going to be. And I don't think that was on my radar. I don't think number 41 was one where I said, that's which one I want to open it. But looking back now, it couldn't have been anything else. Literally that song. And so for me, that show, the anticipation of it being that close to the band, having that that song, which is one of my favorites anyway, but having that song be the opener for that and the people that I met and just the atmosphere and the, the breeze and the sun setting at the time and just everything about it was probably one of my, aside from birthing my children and marrying my husband, that was probably the best day of my life that I've had. Um, and number 41, anytime it plays in, it doesn't matter which live version it is, it doesn't matter, you know, which one it is that I hear, that moment is always brought to the front of my mind as soon as that song starts playing. Sounds like a tremendous experience. Um, so earlier we spoke a little bit about how um, this podcast, we're sharing our commonality through the music. And as it evolves, we'd like to be able to express these gratitudes directly to the band um, so that they can get an idea of just how intertwined the music has been in our lives both individually and collectively throughout the years so if you were sitting down in a room with a couple couches and, and the band was there what would you tell them oh man that would be like a dream come true so for me i would probably start off with just telling them how much their music means to me and means to all of their fans um you know music can make you feel good it can make you think about things songs can bring up you know good memories for you they can bring up bad memories make you happy can make you sad i think a good band a good band a good songwriter makes you feel can make you feel all of that and that is what this band does and i would tell them that um i would thank them for bringing so many people together creating all of these amazing friendships that otherwise would not happen you know i think about the people that i've met at the shows that i've went to or the people who i now know through you know twitter and things i these would not be people in my life had it not been for these these guys um i would tell them how much i appreciate how humble they are how generous they are how not only do you write and and give us this amazing music but you're like good people 
you want to feed people you want to keep the earth beautiful or I just you know what don't these guys I just feel like they're just amazing human beings and I would like them to know that I, I would want to tell them you know when I did daycare and it sounds weird to say that because I just literally stopped but every single day I did a toddler dance party with my two and three year olds and they absolutely loved Dave Matthews band um, some of their favorites were some of the covers burning down the house was a really good one uh, Louisiana Bayou like that one <laughs> just the beat of it they loved um, Sledgehammer another cover oh my gosh one of the little three-year-olds little girl that oh shell play my song play my jam she'd tell me I mean we probably spent three hours out of every 12 during my day doing DMV dance parties with the toddlers the the babies as soon as they could stand up and hold on to something they'd be shaking their little booties too I mean it was the cutest thing I would love to tell them that for several years of my daycare provider career <laughs> that their music made their day made the kids' days you know it was so fun to just watch them dance with their little hearts out and it's funny how little kids will learn the the song lyrics and just anyway it was just it was just the the cutest thing the only other thing i would want to say to them or ask them is you know all of the guys what does the the one dmv song will, will you guys play i want to know the favorite one for each of you that you perform i you know and maybe that's out on the i've never even looked at that maybe it's somewhere but i would love to know when you know you're creating your set list when you see this one song is that the one you're looking forward to most of you know performing that's what i like that's what i'd like to say to them well hey michelle uh, listen thanks for coming in and, and speaking with us today and letting us interview you it was a great experience uh, i appreciate how forthright and vulnerable you were in your your replies, um, that you followed your heart, um, definitely have a unique perspective. And I think quite a few of the listeners are going to be able to draw things out of it that maybe thought they were alone in that situation or in that perspective, um, but to find out that they weren't. And if we can do that, then it's a successful mission. So. Thank you again for coming on, and what we're going to do to end it is to tell people what you feel the world needs to know more about. So if there's any um, people that you want to give a shout out to, or any foundations or charities, whatever it is, the time's your own, go ahead and, and tell the people what you think they should know. So yeah, I mean, I have so many people that I just adore on Twitter. There's no way to name them all. Um, Haley, which is the fan that Jane likes, love her. DMB Mamas, Leia is amazing. Fingertips and Kissing, Angela, love her. Um, I think as far as um, organizations and stuff go, close to my heart would be the Systemic Juvenile Idiopathic Arthritis Foundation. Um, you know, that's what my kid has. That, that's the, the organization's amazing, and they help parents because these kids just go through so much. And so, definitely look them up. And then, the only other thing is the Ronald McDonald House. Um, you know, you go through different drive-throughs and stuff, and you see the little box under the drive-through window to donate. Please donate to to them. Um, when my kid was in the hospital, 
it, it meant the world to me to have a place to go take a shower, to take a little nap, and they feed you and there's no charge. Um, so, you know, they're amazing. And then just otherwise, any children's hospital, um, you know, donate if you can, because they really do their best to make your child not scared when in a very scary situation. And, you know, I'm thankful to them every single day of how they treated my daughter, me, my husband, just everything that they did. So, yeah, definitely look those things up. And I'm was very happy to be here with you. All right. And just for our listeners, um, if you check the show notes on dmbeyonddemand.com slash podcast, we'll have the links to all the Twitter handles and to the organizations uh, that Michelle just spoke about. So check the show notes for all the information and clickable links for all of the access. Uh, thanks again for coming on, Michelle. We really appreciate you coming in and, and speaking with us today. And stick around. Uh, after the interview wraps up here, I'll be sharing a personal story. This week I'm going to be talking about the song Two Step and how it has impacted my life, especially as it relates to uh, religion. And specifically, the song paints a portrait of Noah while on his ark, freaking out. And his wife comes and sings him a song that puts his mind at ease. So stick around and we'll be jumping right into that story. everybody instead of sharing a story this week i wanted to break down a song with you i wrote down this song about a year ago and put it online and people thought that i was either high or crazy but uh it's a song near and dear to my heart so we're going to break down the song two step today two step to me has been one of the dmv songs that i can find religious undertones in sort of like a he or bartender uh, two step has always been a a mental portrait of Noah and what was going on in that time. So we're going to learn a little bit about Noah as we break down two-step. We're going to start with the lyrics as they come out and then break them down every three or four lines or so. So to begin, the lyrics are, Say, my love, I came to you with best intentions. You laid down and gave me just what I'm seeking. Say, love, you drive me to distraction. So here's Noah starting this project of this ark, and he has no time to spare. The day is coming. He cannot slip up. The stress is just building and building and building in him, and he doesn't know what to do with it. He can't let it go. He tries to put it into his work, but it's just not enough. He can't find a way out of the stress. God is tapping his fingers, telling him to hurry up. All the people around him, instead of helping him, thinks he's batshit crazy. He needs a distraction, 
and he finds it in his wife's love. His wife comes off the ark, gets shoulder to shoulder with him, eye to eye, and suddenly everything melts away. So the lyrics continue. Do you believe that we might last a thousand years or more? If not for this, our flesh and blood, it ties you and me right up, tie me down. Here's a man who is not certain whether he, his family, or anybody else is going to live or die. Could very well be that he doesn't get the ark built in time. Could be that God isn't God and it was just a voice in his head and this was all for nothing. But mostly he's not sure whether he's going to live or die. So he, he talks with his wife and asks if she, you know, thinks that they'll live through this. The response was, well, it caught him off guard. She assured him that even if they didn't make it through this ordeal, that they'll live on through their flesh and blood, through their, their kids. And again, with just a few short words and a few short breaths, she's calmed the raging mind of Noah. So it continues, celebrate we will because life is short but sweet for certain. We're climbing on two by two to be sure these days continue things we cannot change. So the time has come. Animals are gathered, going on the ark. Noah and his family are on the ark. He's not sure if this was real or imaginary, but one of the things that's driving him crazy is even if he does succeed and life goes on, isn't it going to be just the same as it was before? I mean, what if they're just trying to continue things that they cannot change? Which is a pretty good thought. I mean, the world was in a place where God deemed a flood to kill everything was called for. So what's it going to be like after this? Was it all, is it all for nothing? And, you know, he, he's, more and more doubt comes into his mind and into his heart as the, the ark begins to fill up. The lyrics go on. Hey, my love, you came to me like wine comes to this mouth. Grown tired of water all the time, you quench my heart and you quench my mind. So Noah was a drunk. We know this; it's biblical. He was a drunk. He would usually turn to wine uh, to silence the loud whispers of doubt and angst. Now he's on the ark, and he's in charge of life. Let me say that again: he's in charge of life. So he has no chance to run to the bottle this time. So what does he do? He turns to the love of his life instead of the bottle and found that love satiated his thirst beyond compare. Again, the love of his life is saving his soul in the times 
that are most treacherous, treacherous for him. And so the lyrics continue. Oh, my love, I came to you with best intentions. You laid down and gave to me just what I'm seeking. So the earth has shook, the flood has began, the ark is rising, the animals grow quiet. Noah finds his wife and once again finds love in the middle of turmoil and is able to carry out his directives and save the planet from total annihilation. And it's only because of the love of his spouse that a continuation of life was made possible. And folks, here's what I've been coming to this whole time. This is exactly how I view my relationship with the love of my life, Lacey. My world before I was diagnosed with bipolar 2 was full of this frenzied, crazy, intense inner dialogue. Nothing but self-doubt and self-negativity. But she remained and she stayed steadfast with me for reasons I'll never know. But my whole world was ending. I was suicidal. I was trapped in silence because I could I didn't know how to convey what was going on in my head. You know, my my floodwaters were starting to come down and my ark was not built yet and my wife just I don't know. She stood by me and brought me that same peace and comfort that Noah's wife brought him during his trials and tribulations and, and allowed me to break through what I needed to break through from in order to live a good life. She stuck by me. I eventually got the help I needed. My ark was built and I was able to survive the flood that came shortly thereafter and walk out the other side healthier and happier than I was before. So that's my breakdown of two-step. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm not sure if we're going to do more song breakdowns or not. It depends on how this is received. Uh, I enjoy doing them, but I want to put out content that our listeners enjoy the most. So I'll be asking you guys for some feedback on this two-step breakdown. Anyway, thanks for stopping by, and thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. This is the best of what's around. This is DMB On Demand.